Yeah. Why are we making a big deal out of it? We're making a big deal out of it because we're trying to push the agenda of control. We built this country at the reason that every person on the planet wants to come to the United States is because of the capitalistic aspect. You work hard, you get rewarded. I mean, if you look at the statistics right now, 99.96% chance of survival. When you start looking at the actual numbers, is it possible to stop Bill Gates from all the stuff that's going on? I, I'm amazed that the man's still alive. If this is so bad, where are all the homeless people that are dead? Where are the bodies at? And what's going to happen is that when they start giving the vaccines, more and more people are going to get sick. I think entrepreneurs could change the world. Absolutely. That's the only way it's going to change. It's going to happen. All the side effects from vaccines and the rollout of the 5G, which then 5G doesn't cause COVID. 5G causes a suppression of the immune system, makes you more susceptible to COVID. There's just a handful of people, a couple hundred people that are controlling all this, right? And they're controlling it because they want the entire world's population to be vaccinated. It's a way of creating and eliminating more of the what they consider undesirables. What I really love about you, just saying that from man to man is like uh, your passion to say these truths that are going to open the eyes of a lot of people. You know, you said to me before we started filming, you said this coronavirus thing hit, you were like, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go forward and if I, if I fail my business, I'll, I'll fail. I'll go down fighting, fight, yeah. right? What made you stand up and do this? I'm, I, I just refuse. I'm a driven individual. I refuse to be a sheep. Like I wasn't born to be a sheep. Hey guys, welcome. I'm here with Dr. Butar. I'm really excited. We met a few times. We talked so much before this. I think we went over everything. <laughs> but but uh, for those people that follow me and, and are probably new to you, um, where did Dr. Butar start? Like, how did you start your medical uh, in the medical field? I saw your whole operation. It's I, I love it. Like, I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. Your people are, are, are really polite. Everybody's happy. And I see how I really uh, love the fact that you help uh, kids with autism and you treat people with cancer. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you got into that field? Yeah, well, I knew I was going to be a doctor when I was pretty young, I think I was nine or 10. And I actually wanted to be a veterinarian originally, but um, so I've, I've always knew I was gonna be a doctor, um, probably by the time I was, I don't know, 12 or 13, my, my brother used to grab grasshoppers yeah. and rip their legs off, okay, and then I would try to Put the legs back on them wow and it was just you know i mean that so early on i knew i wanted to go into surgery and and that's what i actually did i went through medical school went through uh did my rotational internship in houston I actually started a general surgery program at brook army medical center at fort sam houston and uh, i was married pretty young i was stationed in korea when i got married and i was trying to save a marriage and took a leave of absence basically for my residency and ended up never going back. Did a lot of ER medicine, got out of the military in 96. And um, there'd been a lot of things. I wrote about this actually in my in my first book, uh, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. It's uh, a story that I kind of mentioned in there, but I had always been involved with nutrition and fitness and just personally, I used to, yeah. I was a athlete in college. I played football at Washington University. and. You know, just trying to optimize health and always worked out. Did a couple of uh, uh, years of natural bodybuilding and 
So nutrition, most people that have done any type of fitness, especially in bodybuilding, you know that 75% of bodybuilding is actually nutrition. Yeah. It's, not, it's not working out. I mean, working out is important, but most of these guys, you know, they're doing steroids and stuff, and I never touched anything. I don't even drink. I've never even drank alcohol before. So I'm Never had a drop? I may have had like literally like one drop of uh, red wine when they talked about resveratrol yeah. and the, the tried that. And I was just at, I was at some, somebody's birthday party and they were like insisting. So I just had, it was not even, it would, if you took a dropper, maybe 10 drops, you know, yeah. and enough to give them the bitterness, but I've never drank alcohol. I mean, all through college, everything, I've, I've never drank alcohol. And so it's funny that when I tell people that they, most people don't believe me, but when I, t if I tell them that I don't drink because, you know, I had a problem with alcohol, everybody believes me because they seem to think that I must have been a big party. And so that's okay to believe that I had a problem with alcohol, but I've never drank alcohol. Uh, just never, it never made sense to me to yeah. consume alcohol, you know, you drink something that tastes like medicine to get a headache, forget what you did. And next day ha wake up and feel like crap. So yeah. to me, it didn't make any sense. You know, See, I, I, I don't like to have one drink and stop. I like to, w once I have like two or, th or four, then I like to feel that buzz. It's kind of like the reason why I, I guess people like to drink, but yeah, I guess I, I, I was at your, I was at that party yeah. when Brad and yeah. had asked me to come there back in, in Vegas. And yeah, I mean. I mean, I like music and I like all that stuff, the ambience, but I, I worked as a bouncer all through college and medical school anyway. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, you know, they can kind of get burned out in that type of scene anyway. And so many times people getting drunk and getting in fights and, you know, just so to me, alcohol never made any sense. Yeah. And I also had a friend, a close friend that when I was in college ended up uh, dying in a car wreck after drinking. They weren't sure if it was a drinking or whether he fell asleep, but his blood alcohol level was not right. At the do you think that had, that, that had something to do with you just kind of being like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore? Or I think part of that probably had some influence. Part of it was also um, I grew up in a, in a home where my mother and father didn't drink. You know, we're, we're Muslim of the Muslim faith. And that doesn't really mean anything because I know many Muslims that do drink, but theoretically Muslims yeah. aren't supposed to drink. But so my parents never drank. I never was compelled to it. But I think that I'm a logical person, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I just like to follow a logical, sequential thought process. And like when you look at this nonsense that's going on right now with COVID, it's the same thing. You, know, you just apply common sense and based upon not just common sense, but also the facts, the information that is easily discernible and that you can collect easily, even if, even if you don't have any knowledge base on that area, the subject. It's like, I may not know how to fix a car, but you know, you can get on the internet and you can look up on different parts of the car and how they operate and you can learn, you can get a course, you can get books, you can take a you know, college course to learn how to work on a car engine. So, yeah. so you can do that just like in medicine, you can go on become, you know, you can get health courses, nutrition courses, you wanna get more, you go on to you know, school, you get your master's, you get your medical degree, whatever. So there's information there, but part of that is also just the common sense. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that if I throw something up in the air, it's yeah. gonna come down, yeah. right? Or, or there's certain things that just defy logic. Like, I mean, I'm going to go back into answering the questions that you asked me. I don't want to get off the point, but, you know, the absurdity, like it, you don't need to be a doctor or you don't need to be, you don't even have to have a high school degree. You don't even have to have an elementary school degree to understand that when they tell you as you're boarding a plane, maintain social distancing, and then you sit down on the plane in the chairs and you're three inches apart from the next person. So what the hell happened with the social distancing part? You don't need to be a freaking doctor to understand that that's just ludicrous well, or stupid. Well, imagine having like 40 people in, in, in a small space in the airplane, right? You have people that are sitting three, three, three next, like two, one to your right, one to your left. You have the other, the other section on the, on the left side and it's so many people 
and then it kind of gets hot. Everybody's like sweating and people are kind of flying in onto you. And then you still have to wear the mask. And uh, I had my mask on uh, when I was flying over here. And then they keep telling me, you have to cover your nose too. That's so, all new, you know, because they haven't been pushing the nose thing. Because people were working around with masks all the time, with the, you know, hanging off the ear, hanging under the chin. Nobody ever said anything. Now they're pushing it for your nose too. Why do you think they're doing that? They're doing that under the pretense that, oh, you can be spreading something. First of all, the science has already shown. The CDC's confirmed this, the World Health Organization. Asymptomatic carriers. Do you don't understand what asymptomatic carriers are, right? Asymptomatic carriers are that you have no problem. You have no signs. You have no symptoms. Just think of it. You know, we've shut down the entire world based on something that you have to do a damn test to even find out if you have it. Does that make any sense? It's absurd. How many other things do we have that we're carrying that we don't know about? Who cares? That's what that's how the human body evolves. Yeah. Why are we making a big deal out of it? We're making a big deal out of it because we're trying to push the agenda of control, losing your rights. This is no different than all the other stuff that's happened in the past, except they're just systematically increasing the 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 threshold, right? Yeah. To make people get to that point, systematically decreasing their rights, eliminating their rights, eliminating freedoms. And when you slowly cook the frog, the frog doesn't realize he's being cooked. But if you cook idea. the frog, you throw a frog into boiling water, what's going to happen? He's going to jump right up. Yeah. But if you turn up the heat and he's swimming around the regular water, you swim, before he knows it, you already cooked So that, that is true. I, I, heard, I read that somewhere, but it is true? The oh, frogs absolutely. Do that? Yeah. Wow. Well, just think about yourself. If you get into a hot tub yeah. and it's hot, it feels hot, right? Ugh. Yeah, you jump out. But then you put your foot in there and then you slowly go in there a little bit more and then you... Put your body in there, and then you go, and then you're like, okay, now it feels good. And it's hot. It's the same heat. Yeah. It feels good. And now, you know, you feel comfortable, and now your your body adjusts it, to it. it. It's kind of like when you, when you when you have, like, a normal drink, and then you have another normal drink, and then later you're, like, just drinking from the bottle, and you don't even feel like You don't even feel yeah, it, you right? could be re- drinking with the, the <laughs> cheap liquor mad dog. You don't know the difference, right? The Don Perignon at first, but that by the third or fourth drink, nobody knows the difference. Yeah. And if you think about it, just, like, the getting the into the hot tub example, when you first put your foot in, it feels hot, but after a few moments, you know, your body adjusts to it. Or when you put your foot in a pool, regular pool, it's cold. But once you dive in, you know, you feel that initial shudder, but then your body adjusts to the temperature yes. and you're fine. Yeah. Now, what happens when you've been in that hot tub for 10, 20 minutes and now you get out? Before, when you got in, you didn't feel cold. The water felt hot. Now, when you get out, you feel cold because yeah. your body was adjusted to that temperature. Yeah. So it's all about slowly adjusting the temperature and that's what they're doing they're slowly adjusting temperature yeah and here's the thing it doesn't matter whether you listen to me or anybody else it's history for those who don't learn from history history is destined to repeat itself you've heard that right yeah okay this is exactly what they did in world war ii in world war one it's the same exact issue there's nothing different about it it's the erosion of the rights you know the demonizing the police and and creating yeah. and, and I just had Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki on my show, and he was talking about that we're losing we're going away from capitalism and that we're gonna enter socialism here in, in the United States. Do you what, what do you feel like I think you, we're already there. I think socialism That's exactly what he said. Yeah. I mean because I mean if you just look about it, the the left's agenda and how they talk about, you know, um, the agenda with for example immigration and let everybody in and give them all the same rights and allow them to vote. What the hell is the point of even having immigration law then, right? If you're going to treat the people that come into the country illegally and give them the same rights and privileges as those who came legally, why even have the pretense of having immigration law now? Yeah. 
you look at other countries that they they have very strict regulations of bringing people in. So th that's again a socialistic agenda. And what's amazing to me is, do you know how many people have died in service to the United States to protect the United States from socialism? I mean, World War One, World War Two, you know, the Vietnam War, Korean War. It was all about socialism slash communism. Now you have people openly running for elections on a democratic socialistic platform. It's absurd to me. My own brothers are running against Pelosi in California. Okay, people ask me, I haven't talked to him in, in 10 years. I probably talked to him once or yeah. twice. But, you know, people will ask me, do you know who that is? Is that, that guy related to you? And half the time I say, I don't know who he is. But, yeah, he's my brother. But, I mean, to me, I would, you know, if somebody were, if I had a conversation with him right now, I would tell him, yeah. are you a dumbass? Why? Even if you want to, run, even if you want to run on the Democratic Party or whatever party, it doesn't make any difference to me what party you run for. Yeah. But under the the guise of a socialistic Democrat, under the socialist platform, if you really believe in socialism, then get the hell out of the United States and go to a socialistic country. Well, why are right. they trying to change? Because the, the reason the United States is so great is not because of socialism. It's because of capitalism. Yeah. We built this country at the reason that every person on the planet wants to come to the United States is because of the capitalistic aspect. You work hard, you get rewarded. It wasn't based upon you work hard and, and share everything with everybody else and t you know, give more than 75% of what you earn to other people. That's why people came here? I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to believe that type of, of rhetoric. Yeah. Now, Dr. Buttar, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs that are, that are watching this show and they feel limited. They got their business uh, shut down. And you have your business here, it's operating full force. And then also one thing that's very important to entrepreneurs, like to me, it's really important. You're an athlete too. You used to work out, you used to play football and all that. Now with the gyms. I like to still think I work out. I don't used to work out, but I would, yeah, go ahead. And yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're both into, into fitness, right? Right, right. And, and healthy eating, you took my, my energy drink away right now before we, we started this, but because but, um, it had, it had uh, sucralose, right? That's, yeah. that's worse than sugar, you said. Yeah. Oh, well, sugar, sugar is bad, but sugar is at least natural. You know, it's refined. Yeah. Sucralose is a chlorinated molecule, chlorinated sugar molecule. It causes cancer. Yeah, and that's, that's your expertise too. So I'd like to have your input on that. But going back to the gym part, so I, I get here and um, I ask the, the taxi driver, like, is there any gyms open? I call the Ritz because I checked in the Ritz just to kind of freshen up and everything. And they say the gym is closed. All the gyms in uh, North Carolina are closed. And so I go in and Google it. I Google gyms and then I found one gym that's open. So I was like, cool. So I, I don't know the area. So I, I'm driving over there. I'm telling Tony, like, hey, I don't know if this is like one of the rough spots in North Carolina or if this is good. We end up getting there. And the and the Uber driver tells us it's a it's a good place it's, it's good and it's uh it was a club club gym or something like that, but it was a nice big gym, so the rules are you have to keep your mask now, and then you could take it off when you work out, but now you have to keep the mask on when you work out, but the trainer was telling me well just like when you're doing like when you're doing a like crazy workout your heart's beating hard just pull it down. And, it, and it's fine. So, so the virus is smart enough to know that they don't affect the person when they're eating, drinking, and when they're working yeah, out. Yeah, so, so, it's, it's, so, so when, you're, like, when you're lifting the weight, you could bring it down because the virus doesn't attack you when you're lifting. But then once you finish your set, you have to cover up again before the virus hits you. So like, like what, what, what is the reason behind all of that? I, I know this because we have to follow the rules in order to stay in business, right? But, mm. but what, how can this be fixed? Or, or is it just going to be like this for the rest of the year? Is COVID going to be around... Is it going to be seasonal next year? We have COVID again and COVID again. 
And is this just part of the whole permanent, uh, like they, going socialism? They, they're trying to do that. That's exactly what they're trying to do. So as far as this COVID nonsense, and this comes from coronavirus, and there's many forms of coronavirus. There's thousands of versions. Oh, really? It was first, developed, first discovered in the 1960s. So the COVID-19 conspiracy question mark video series that I put out, the very first one, Facts versus Fiction, and the second one, uh, Toxicity Ignored. And we'll put all those links below so people can see those. Yeah, so, I mean, YouTube took them down, Facebook took them down, but they're now available on advancedmedicine.com, and I can get you the credentials okay. so people can get in there. They need an invitation code, so we'll get you an invitation code. But bottom line is that when you start looking at those videos, they go through the history, and one of my colleagues had sent me a list of all the studies that have been done on coronavirus since 1963, I believe it was, or maybe 68. And I'm talking on the video and I'm, my cursor, I'm scrolling and it's just like constantly scrolling. And it must have been 45 seconds of the, I mean, not slow. It's like, you can't even read it. It's going yeah. so fast. I think there's close to 13,000 studies that have been done on coronavirus. Wow. All right. Now, to worry about coronavirus, and especially given the situation now when you start looking at it, everybody is talking about, oh, how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad it is. And you know, this is a serious thing. I get people like people telling me, you, you know, you don't know there are people dying from this. I'm like, one, I do know, and two, I've got eyes. Okay. I'm I've got the worst population as far from an immunocompromised standpoint. Because remember, they're saying it affects the older people, people that are immunocompromised. We've got patients from all over the world here right now. They all have cancer. We're treating them for cancer. Nobody has COVID. Nobody's wearing a face mask. Nobody needs to wear a face mask. The actual issue of COVID, if you really want to be concerned about COVID, it's like worrying about having a thimble. You know what a thimble is, right? Like yeah. the, when you're sewing the little metal thing that you put, it's like about as big as the tip of your finger. Yeah, yeah. It's like having a thimble, not even a teaspoon, a thimble of water and worrying that you're going to spill it or drown in it when you're standing in the middle of a freaking hurricane. It's absurd. Okay. It, logic. I mean, if this was as bad as they were saying, I mean, if you look at the statistics right now, 99.96% chance of survival. When you start looking at the actual numbers, uh, even with the numbers that are being reported, 99.96. Yeah. So there's a 0.04% chance of you getting COVID and dying from it. Now, there's more of a chance of you getting hit by a truck. There's more of a chance of you, all sorts of different things. We've never shut down the economy. If this is so bad, where are all the homeless people that are dead? Where are the bodies at? Yeah. Show me the bodies of the homeless people that are dead. Right? Who would have thought that the cure for cancer and heart disease was COVID-19? Because you don't hear about people dying from cancer and heart disease anymore. Right, yeah, right, yeah. So it's just a lie upon a lie upon a lie. I've got personal knowledge of people that died committed suicide and their cause of death was listed. Exactly. I was going to ask you about that. Because yeah. as we're driving over here, the, the driver tells us my dad was really old and he passed away. He was completely healthy and he just passed away because he was, he was old. He was, didn't have flu, nothing. And when he died, they said he died because of COVID. COVID, right. That's what they're doing. They're putting that cause of death for everything for COVID. Suicide. You know, the, the memes are now you jump out of a plane, your parachute didn't open, you died of COVID. You get shot in the head with a gunshot, you know, wound to the head, you died of COVID. You died of a heart attack. There's a guy, in fact, with Sal, uh, one of the guys in Charlotte that he's friends with that had a, some nice restaurants. Uh, he's well-known as a well-known restauranter. And, um, is that the right word? Rest, you know, somebody who owns restaurants, yeah. or whatever the word restaurant is. Restaurant owner. Yeah, restaurant owner. 
Uh, anyway, he had a heart issue. He yeah. had like 75, 80% occlusion of his cardiac vessels. And he died of a heart attack. And they put him down as COVID-19. Yeah. So there's also, they're putting down the cause of death as COVID-19. And what's going to happen is that when they start giving the vaccines, more and more people are going to get sick. Right now, they're predicting children are going to now start having a rare, uh, there's going to be a rare outbreak of a disease that's going to cause children to get massively sick and die. You know what that's going to be from? From the damn vaccines. We, we don't vaccinate our girls, our little girls, uh, not one vaccine. But before we get into the vaccine, see, when I tell people uh, that know me, like about COVID and that I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to participate in the whole COVID stuff. If they force me to put a mask because I can't get into this restaurant that I really want to go into, I'll put it on and then I'll take it off. But people, I'm not, people say I'm not an expert. And I know you're like top 50 doctor in the world. Uh, in the I, U.S. I, I, in the U.S. Yeah. I read it somewhere. And, and then I know that there's also haters. There's always haters for everybody. And uh, I was going through my Instagram and somebody posted, oh, yeah, well, I got like hundreds of beautiful comments for you. And then there's like one smart ass that's like, oh, well, he's uh, he has a medical reprimand. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but but what, what do you have to say about that? What, what is that? Well, technically, I don't have one med medical reprimand. I have two or three. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Um, and that's basically because I have constantly fought the medical board since 1999. They've tried to take my license away. I have an unrestricted license to practice. People have been on the Internet saying all sorts of lies that I mean, we can't see cancer patients. We can't see kids. A lot of rubbish. You know, first of all, a person needs to know how to read. If they don't know how to read, we can't help them. Okay. Yeah. No matter how much you want to talk to them, Albert, if they don't know how to read, they don't know how to read. But you can go on the web, on the licensing board site. And yeah, I got a reprimand. I got a reprimand because you want to know what the reprimand was for? Okay, I'll tell you what the reprimand was for. They brought me up an ethical breach of conduct yeah. for a physician for treating patients, terminally ill patients, with treatments that weren't effective. That's what they accused me of. So I was brought up on ethical charges of doing treatments that weren't effective in terminally ill patients. That's what, that's, that's what they accused me of. In 2004, they started the investigation. By 2005, mid-2006, they charged me. The person who charged me was a president of the medical board. And what was interesting, they were based on four complaints. None of the four complaints were patients. All four complaints were people that have never been to my clinic, I've never talked to, never knew. So basically, in a real court of law, guess what that's called? That's called hearsay and it gets thrown out. Yeah. But in the medical board, it's a kangaroo court. So from 2005 all the way to 2010, I had the largest privately owned integrative medical center in North America. My building that I built from scratch is now the Huntersville Police Department. So you want to know what the essence of the case was? I'll give it to you in one minute. They said that all these people that were terminal cancer, mm -hmm. we were taking advantage of them. So we said we had 40 three stage four cancer patients. Stage four is terminal. There's nothing more that can be done for them. Okay, they've already done everything. We had 43 st stage four cancer patients that were ready to testify on my behalf. Okay, these are not the people that passed on. Because I mean, when you have stage four, people pass on. Yeah. And we have patients that come here that may not make it as well, but we do our best. But our statistics compared to everybody else, way higher. Right now, as of December 2019, we have 14 patients, one four, Stage four cancer patients that are 15 years out from our treatment. Remember, when you have stage four, you got three months left, six months left, wow, maybe a year. That's impressive. We have 14 people that are 15 years out from our treatment. So at the time in the medical board in 2005 when this started, we said we have 43 stage four cancer patients. I basically told my patients that we had 43 people that were willing to testify. The medical board said no. We had to go to superior court, and the day before the actual hearing, the medical board buckled and said, fine, we'll give you five. You can have five, not 43. We'll give you five people that can testify. 
we could pick them. One was a doctor that I treated from Michigan with cancer. Stage four. All of them, all of them were stage four, mm -hmm. by the way. Now, this is important because it tells you what the reprimand was yeah. for, right? So one was a cancer. Uh, one was a doctor who had cancer. One was an oncological nurse, a cancer nurse, a nurse that just de deals with cancer patients. For 40, I don't know, 45 years she'd been a cancer nurse. She had stage four, and then there were three lay people, regular people, not medical. Now, when they testified, remember, all five had stage four, mm -hmm. all five were terminal, all five had been referred to hospice, meaning there's nothing left for us. Four out of five had failed chemo and radiation. One refused to take chemo and radiation. All five were told to get their affairs in order. All five were told them there's nothing left, you're going to die. Wow. Okay? They testify now. At the time of testimony, three of them were three and a half years out from our treatment. Remember, they, they were told they had three to six months left to live. Mm -hmm. Okay? All five of these had, had been given less than a six-month prognosis. Three of them were three and a half years out from our treatment. One was five years out from our treatment, and one was eight and a half years out from our treatment. And that was a cancer nurse who was eight and a half years out from our treatment. Uh, we have videos of all these people before and after. Now, that, is, that evidence is produced in front of the medical board. And the medical board, after 14 hours of testimony, it's important to remember, these are all terminal patients, and I'm brought yeah. up an ethical breach of conduct for taking advantage of stage four cancer patients that had nothing left for them, and I was taking advantage of them. And yet we got all these people, five that they allowed me to testify, that are three and a half to eight and a half years out from our treatment. You know what the medical board's response was? One word response after 14 hours of testimony. Take, take a guess what the one word was. They cleared you? They no, oh no, they said it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant that these people that I've treated and that are alive from our treatment, it's irrelevant. Even though they brought me up in charges doing treatments that weren't effective. That's how corrupt the system is. I'm talking, I'm, I look back and there's like 20 doctors in the, in the, in the, in the so-called court looking around like, what the hell just happened? So, you know, you talk about entrepreneurship and then, you know, doctors or lawyers are considered. I said, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but I'm a doctor that's an entrepreneur, yeah. right? I have never been satisfied with the status quo. It doesn't make any sense to me. When I was in surgery, when I was training in surgery, it didn't make any sense to me. And you know, I wanted to go into surgery and I wanted to learn how to cut that cancer out and see it and look at it and throw it in the ground and spit on it and stomp on it. It's done. It's gone. It's f finished. Until six months later, the cancer comes back. So I could have just accepted what everybody else does. But my brain was like, there's something else. And I had to figure out what, when you go into after the cancer, something caused the cancer, right? When I cut the cancer out, I'm not addressing what caused the cancer. It's still there. Whatever caused that cancer to start, it's still there. Yeah. So no matter what, and that's when I realized that, you know, I left surgery residency because I was trying to save a marriage, but I wasn't compelled to come back into it because of that reason. I mean, I, one out of every four patients that comes into the clinic, okay, 25% of the patients that come in here are either doctors or family members of doctors. So... Just since this COVID, we've had over 7,800 doctors from all over the world that have started, you know, following me. These are new people, yeah. not, not from before. So doctors want the truth just like everybody else does. And why aren't the doctors speaking up and standing up? There are many doctors, as you've seen now, starting to speak up. And, and of course, they're getting censored. You know, th there's so many scientists and doctors have come out and said the truth and, yeah. and they're getting censored. And, and it's, and you think that, YouTube, social media, and, and all the doctors coming out like you and speaking out is kind of, it's creating a, a big problems for the media, for like CNN and all those people. You, you well, think that's why they're kind of acting like... 
Yeah, they're like Gestapo agents. And, and, you know, this is exactly what the Nazis did. They caused censorship. They created censorship. And the social media platforms are preventing the words from getting out there, preventing us from being able to spread the information, the truth, because they're afraid. I mean, you know, we're not living in communist China or North Korea where books are burned, right? And yet that's exactly what they're doing. When they take down videos, that's nothing but book burning. I mean, it's literally what it comes down to. Well, okay, so our videos that are taken down, it says for inappropriate content. So I've been asked, what is inappropriate about your content? Okay. Do we have pornography on there? No. Do we have copyright violations on there? No. Do we have hate speech on there? No. Do, are we promoting violence? No. So what is inappropriate, Dr. Patel? What is so inappropriate about your message? And I keep on being asked that. And I'm like, well, the only thing that I can think of that's inappropriate is that I'm telling the truth and they can't handle the truth. So now it becomes inappropriate. If truth is inappropriate, then I stand guilty. Otherwise, there is no justification for them taking any of those videos down. Why? They took down one of my friends, uh, Del Bigtree, they took his YouTube channel down. Why? Well, again, same thing. He's telling the truth and they can't handle that. They can't, they, they will not take us on in a public debate one-on-one -on -one or a couple of doctors with a couple of other opposition. They won't do that because we, they know that we would destroy them. The science is clear, Yeah. but they're not basing on science. This has nothing to do with science. There's no virus that says, hey, when you're boarding the plane, you got to maintain social distancing, but when you get in the plane, then it's okay. There's no virus like that. There is no sophisticated virus, okay? I mean, I don't have the patience, the tolerance, or the crayons to spell it out anymore for anybody. It's that stupid that people yeah. are following this agenda, this rhetoric. And here's the thing. When people wear masks, the reason for wearing masks is very simple. is to protect the surgical field so that the surgeon doesn't cough, sneeze, spit, drool into the surgical field to keep it sterile. But when the surgeon goes between one surgery room and another patient room to go see somebody that may have some kind of a flu or something, they're not wearing freaking masks. I've never worn a mask. I've been a doctor 29 years. The only time I've ever worn a mask is when I'm trying to protect the sterile surgical field. I've never worn a mask to try to protect myself or anything. Now, quick question. When you fly somewhere else, uh, what, what do you do when they tell you, sir, you have to put your mask on to board the plane? Sir, so, you have to put your mask to be sitting. So I have, to this point, never worn a mask and I haven't had any problem. But in the last... I haven't flown since uh, mid-June, end of June. In fact, I think the last trip I was on was because I went to Dallas and Austin. I had, um, I had filming to do in both places. Then I went to Vegas where I saw you. Yeah. I think that was the last time I've been in a plane. Um, I've had two other trips since then, but we just drove instead of flying. And tomorrow I'm supposed to be in a plane to Mexico. And so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, we have medical exemptions. The website still says you have medical exemptions, but, um, and I mean, I have a legitimate medical exemption. You know, I have, a, 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 it, it's all reversed now, but I have medical exemptions showing blockage in a vessel and I have exercise induced asthma. So if, you know, restrict my airway, it's going to cause a problem. Um, but it's interesting because to me, the biggest problem is not wearing the mask. It's the psychological component of me buying into that BS. And that's what I don't want to do. Um, can, can the airline say that's our policy? If you don't wear a mask, you can, doesn't matter what problems, health problems you have, you can't get in the plane. I think they can do that. And I think they did that. There was a story about a woman that had a medical exemption. They said that, no, they didn't recognize a medical exemption. They forced her to wear a mask. She put on a mask. She ended up having a seizure on the plane because she was wearing a mask. And then they kicked her off the plane for having a seizure. So, and then if she, if she ends up dying, it's going to be because of COVID. Exactly. <laughs> oh. 
That's exactly right. And, that, and basically all the stuff that's going to happen, all the side effects from vaccines and the rollout of the 5G, which then 5G doesn't cause COVID. 5G causes a suppression of the immune system, makes you more susceptible to COVID. It changes the voltage-gated calcium channels in your cell membranes yeah. and causes a disassociation with some of the, um, the iron from hemoglobin. And this, there's a bunch of things that it does. It all creates like an, almost like an altitude-type sickness. And that's exactly what people were describing in New York. And when you wear a mask, you're also causing what they call a histotoxic, uh, hypoxic injury. So histo meaning the cellular, it's, it's causing a uh, toxicity or yeah. a poisoning of the cells from the various materials that are in the masks. And it causes that to affect the ability of your lungs to perfuse, uh, to the blood to perfuse the oxygen and for you to actually ventilate oxygen and and basically what happens when you breathe in you're taking in oxygen you're giving off carbon dioxide but if the lungs are being if the cells in the lungs are being polluted yeah. with toxins then that exchange can't happen as efficiency so that's why they call it histotoxic hypoxic injury histo meaning cell hypoxic meaning um reduction in oxygen yeah uh histotoxic injury histo cell toxic toxicity so so, for example, when I'm flying over here, we, we did, didn't sleep. Uh, we flew out from L.A. at 1.45 a.m. We get here at 9.45 a.m. because it's three, three hours ahead. Right. But um, it's, it's just uncomfortable to sleep. So, like, and, and then I have the mask, right? They're forcing me to put it on. And, and I'm not feeling good. I'm just like, ugh. Like, and, and, I'm, and, and then I'm, I, had, I, had a, I had a pneumonia when I was little. So my, my breathing never got back to where it was so it's, it's already hard for me to breathe but i'm just sucking it up and and i think it's it helps me that i work out i eat healthy i take care of myself but what about somebody that hasn't slept uh they're overweight they eat uh they eat really bad maybe they drink a lot uh and, may, and they have a lot of other things going on and then and then they're in the plane and they have the mask uh isn't that going to kind of be worse the, for them? And the, they're going to get, and then 4G, uh, I mean, 5G going on, uh, is, is that going to kind of crush them? Absolutely. They're going to die from COVID. That's what they're going to be labeled as. Now, they're not, not going to die from COVID. They're going to die because they're overweight. They don't take care of themselves. They're not working out. They're not taking, you know, they're not investing in their own health. Their nutrition status is poor. Their immune system is suppressed. And now on top of that, their oxygen levels are being depleted. And so their body's going to have some kind of an acute event. It's going to have a, they're going to have a myocardial infarction. They can have an aneurysm. They could stroke out. They could, whatever is going to happen. They're going to end up dying. And when they end up dying, they're going to put their cause of death down as COVID, which technically speaking is accurate because it's this COVID nonsense with a face mask. It's COVID ma face mask that's killing them. It's not COVID. Follow yeah. me? It's, it's the restrictions and the stress because it's all fear mongering. So there's, there's an organized agenda to reduce the world's population that's yeah. what it comes down to and that goal is never going to be accomplished with just the vaccines the vaccines are going to kill a lot of people and then when the vaccines start killing people and then exacerbated by the 5g and the kids now they're talking about this new rare disease that's going to come out infectious disease that's going to affect children it's because they're mounting all these freaking 5g towers on top of these schools and then send kids back you know the kids are wearing I mean, kids are stressed out do you know how much you're an adult. I'm an adult. But what about a kid that's been wearing a face mask? There was a story of a guy that walked out of a Costco with his son and his son's face mask fell on the ground. And the kid fell to the ground crying, you know, that he was going to die. And the father said, what's wrong? What do you mean you're going to die? He said, my face mask. He said, it's okay. Put it back on. He goes, no, I'm going to get COVID now. And the kid's crying, thinking he's going to die. That's the, that's the psychological operation that they've created. So it's, it's a psychop, right? So you're stressing people out financially because they can't work anymore. They can't, their jobs are being, you know, questioned or they're not 
they're being fired, whatever it is, they're, they're being laid off. You've got th these people don't know where they're going to get their next meal from. They've got rent issues. So they're getting stressed. There's financial stress. There's emotional stress. There's psychological stress. And also stress. not being a around people is stressful. That's huge thing, huge thing. So people are, humans are herd animals. So now we're t getting rid of the social support system. You prevent people from going to houses of worship so they can't pray anymore. You take away their, their ministers or their rabbis or their imams that can't counsel them on, on emotional they, issues. They close churches, but you could, but they have the, the weapon shop open, right? Exactly. They can close the churches, but they can have the weapon shop open. They can close... Uh, gyms, but they can keep the liquor stores open. You know, you know, oh, look at this. Look at the interesting components. You know, to, to to dumb yourself down more with alcohol is okay, but you can't work out in the gym without wearing a face mask, or the gyms are going to be closed. So this is the absurdity that we're dealing with, and this rhetoric that if you buy into, then you if you're not part of the solution by definition, you're part of the problem. And that's what my personal issue is: wearing a face mask. That's why and, I won't. Do and it. they they gave me it like in the airplane. They give you alcoholic drinks, so you could pull down your mask while you drink your take a sip but when you put it down you have to cover up again it happened to me when i was i went to puerto rico a couple of weeks ago like three weeks ago with my family and uh they gave us some champagne but it's covered so they, they can't serve you so they give it to you covered and and the rule is when you open it and you're sipping it you could put put your face mask right down but once you put it back you have to put it up even if you're laying down in your in, in the bed in, See, they, they're now upping it. They're trying to put because this wasn't like this in May. This was not like this in May and June, and that's when we the, the epicenter thing was right. Supposedly of, of the of the coronavirus. Now everybody knows it's bullshit, and yet they're trying to push the agenda more. They're pushing more back because people are pushing back. So now the agenda is being pushed back, and ninety percent of the industries, the the restaurant industry, the hotel industry, the the airline industry, they don't know what the facts are. They're just being told what it is and they're pushing it. But this, just a handful of people, a couple hundred people that are controlling all this, right? And they're controlling it because they want the entire world's population to be vaccinated so that, I mean, just think about this, 7.7 .7 billion people times $100 per vaccine. I mean, yeah. you're talking trillions of dollars now, right? Or, yeah, that, that, I mean, and I don't know, they're also saying that it's not going to be just one, one vaccine. You know, the way the immune system works is you need to be exposed to something one time and that's it. If you need a booster, it's not a really a true vaccine. I just recently heard that there was some law that said in order for a vaccine to be produced or in order for a vaccine to be able to come to the market, there has to be no other known cure. And hydroxychloroquine, they've already shown that the countries that rolled out hydroxychloroquine with the Zithromax treatment combination... Those countries had a 79% reduction in mortality compared to the U.S. And when you add that to the already 0.24% risk of dying from COVID-19, if you get it, you add that 76% of the hydrochloroquine, it comes down to 99.96%. In other words, 0.04% chance of you dying from COVID-19. I mean, there's a greater chance of you falling on your head and dying walking out of this building. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. So we actually have a top 10, you know, causes of death. And COVID is, I mean, they're, they're making such a big deal of 150, 250, 300, whatever, how yeah. many people, how a thousand have died of COVID-19. What about how many people die of tuberculosis or, or some of these other infectious disease processes? We've never shut down the world. We've never shut down the world for any of these things. It's ridiculous how many different things are out there that people, have, that, that, that people die from more often than yeah. COVID and we've never shut the world down.
What? I'm gonna see if I can pull that up right now. Yeah. What's the whole story behind the releasing prisoners because of COVID? Well, if you think about it from the social, uh, from a the capitalistic socialistic agenda, the left side, you know, defunding police, it's the same thing. You, you got to find an excuse to release all the criminals, and then but you can be put in jail supposedly for not wearing a face mask or not observing social distancing. They, they find they find you now in like where I live, Beverly mm -hmm. Hills. They they find you if you're walking around Beverly Hills without a mask. I mean, it's just it's just absurd. I mean, the way this is going, I honestly cannot believe that this is going to end in a peaceful way. I think they're I think they're going to push people into a corner and, you know, they can't take away the weapons. They can't take away people's arms. That's what they've been trying to do for, what, 10 years? Yeah. You know, all the all the events that happen, the shootings, and then they say that, you know, you got to take weapons away. I mean, to me, if you're going to blame all the violence, all these mass shootings on weapons, then you better, there's something more important that we need to address, and that is spoons. We need to make spoons illegal yeah. because that's the reason for our epidemic of obesity. Right? Does that make any sense? You take away the spoons. Taking away guns from violent offenders is like taking away spoons from fat people. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's one stupidity on top of another stupidity. Yeah. So anyway, it's, again, like I said, when, when we start to look at the real facts, it's, it's just deplorable what's happening and the excuses under which they're allowing those things to yeah. happen. Now, one, one quick thing. Um, when, when you speak out like this, can you get your license? Is your license in danger if you if you're saying too much, too too many truths out there? And do you ever think about that? Well, I mean, I've fought the medical board so many times, so it's not a it's not something new. You know, I've I've been I've been in this uh, fight for a long time. Yeah, uh, I have I think nine complaints that have come in since in the last probably four months that I have to address the board. Um, Fortunately, my history with the board, I've fought with them so many times. They just want me to go away. They don't want to deal with me yeah. anymore. So I guess from that standpoint, it's interesting. So seven out of the nine complaints that, I, that, have been, that I've gotten, the medical board has said no response yeah. required. The other two that want me to respond to. So you want to, you want to pull that up? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I, I, don't, even know where, I don't even know where it is we, right now. You can I'm, put the link also on the, on the video. Yeah, I've been trying to find the list of all the different causes of death that, you know, that we should be worried about and nobody talks about. So this is just a base. There's many different charts here, but this particular one shows ischemic heart disease as a number one cause of death. And this is base. This is data from 2016. So top 10 global causes of death all over the world. Heart disease, one stroke, second chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, third lower respiratory infections, fourth Alzheimer's disease and other dementia, fifth trachea, bronchus and lung cancer, sixth diabetes seventh uh, road injury eighth diarrheal diseases diseases that cause diarrhea nine and tuberculosis 10. so these are the top 10 causes of death and this is information from four years ago global threat the world health organization estimates that 1.8 billion people close to one quarter of the world's population at the time are infected with mycobacterium tuberculosis the bacteria that causes TB. Last year, 10 million fell ill from tuberculosis and 1.5 million died. This is... Is that the number one? Huh? Is that the number one? Well, this is... Uh, is tuberculosis the number one infectious disease that's killing people? I don't know about yeah. that, but it's, it's high up there. It's in the top 10 causes of all death. Now, have we had 1.5 million people die from COVID? 
Have we had 1.8 billion people that have been diagnosed with, with COVID? And, and we, never, we never shut down the world based on tuberculosis, but now we're going to shut this down for COVID? And here's yeah. the thing. Tuberculosis does spread through the air. Not COVID. COVID yeah. is like contact. Why do they say that COVID spreads through air if you breathe in the same air? I have no idea. It's the same reason that they say COVID is, you know, maintain social distancing when you're boarding a plane and when you sit down next to somebody, then you're safe or that the virus is so sophisticated that it knows not to go into um, not to go into liquor stores and not to go into, you know, Costco and Walmart. But, hey, it's going to be so smart that it's going to know that if you go into a church or a house of worship or you go into a gym, it's going to affect you. Yeah, it's just stupidity. It's, it's just it doesn't make sense. And, you know, the truth is. There's two theories of how, of what viruses are and how viruses work, okay? So there's a current virological theory that everybody accepts, that it's a, it's a virus, bacteria, etc. But there was a researcher that lived about 100 years ago. Uh, I think, I think he, he died maybe in the 1940s. Uh, Rudolf Steiner was his name, and he actually described what had happened during the Spanish flu, mm -hmm. all right? And we had a lot of people that died then, but that's when actually radio frequencies were introduced. That's when radios became popular. Yeah. And so it caused a disruption on the planet. Now, the more evolved theory of virology or the virological theory, the more evolved one is actually something that's different. It's not as popular, but it's more evolved. And it certainly has been described over 100 years ago, but people that really understand how this works, they all agree with this. And, and I'm 100% in agreement with this. Viruses are not alive or dead, okay? They're just RNA or DNA particles. Mm -hmm. And they have to have a host that live inside the cells. Now, when the body is stressed, or when the body is under some foreseeable... Um, external exogenous or it could be even endogenous inside the body or outside the body some type of a stressor some type of a change some type of a disruption from the status quo the body has to adjust it has to evolve to try to survive all right and so the way that the body works or the way that the physiological system works the way that the creator designed us is that there are small little messages emails okay text messages however you want to think about it, that are sent out to let us know to adjust our environment and that it's set up because the the species the human species you know we, we're in contact with each other so my body sends out this little message okay it's called a virus it's a message that now causes me to have some type of symptom that now tells you it transmits it to you so your body understands okay there's a change going on in the environment that i have to adapt to without viruses we would have been extinct thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago. It's viruses that have helped us to evolve. Hmm. And now you've heard of the new thing with stem cells and you hear about exosomes. Have you heard about exosomes? A little bit. Okay, so everybody talks about exosomes, exosomes. People are getting injected with exosomes because it's the newest anti-aging, newest oh, way okay, of increasing yeah. life. Exosomes, what's the difference between an exosome and a virus? Zero. There's no morphological difference. Electron microscopy, the things look exactly the same. They act the same. They, they, in this, they, the particle size is the same. Everything is the same. Exosomes and viruses are the same exact thing, except it's like calling um, somebody a hero. It's like calling Robin Hood a hero and yeah. calling Robin Hood a, a, a thief. Yeah. 
Now, now question about these vi- the let's say the coronavirus. Uh, let let me just bring up a name like Bill Gates and vaccines. Like I don't vac- we don't vaccinate our daughters. One's three three and a half years old. One's eight months. Uh, what is your take on on these vaccines? Will we have a coronavirus vaccine, and will it be mandatory? Robert Kiyosaki mentioned to me it's going to be mandatory. They're going to man. They're going to make it a must that you have to vaccinate yourself. And if they do that, what what are going to be the like? How can we fight it off, or how can we avoid the vaccines? Well, I mean, there's they're going to try to make it mandatory. That's the reason that we are in the best place on the planet in the United States because we can defend ourselves with our own firearms, which are insured to us by the Second Amendment. And people all over the rest of the world, friends of mine, patients of mine, everybody tells me, I hope you people in the United States know how important it is for you to stand up because as goes the U.S., so does the rest of the world. And that's what they're trying to stand up for right now. People are trying to support the U.S. or the people that are like us that are standing up because if we if we don't resist, they will mandate it. What what there's an old saying. The only thing that's necessary in order for evil to perpetuate is for good men to stand by and do nothing. And so whatever you do, whatever you do, it's important enough to do it. Because if you don't stand up, your kids and my kids will never have kids. You won't have grandkids. I can guarantee you won't have grandkids. And your, your children will be lucky if... You'll, you'll be lucky if you have grandkids, but you, they won't have grandkids. But the, your children will be lucky if their genetic code is the same genetic code as when they were born. Because this virus uh, that they're talking about, this vaccine, Moderna is a company that's the, at the leading forefront of rolling out with this vaccine. Newsweek had an article and they interviewed one of the scientists from Moderna. By the way, Moderna's scientist himself said he wouldn't take the vaccine. That's the first thing. Second, Moderna was $1.5 billion in the deficit. They were almost bankrupt. Wow. Bill Gates came in and fished them out of bankruptcy. Dr. Fauci has patents that NIH, the government issued patents, but if Moderna gets this, um, this contract, then Dr. Fauci and many of the other people are going to make a lot of money because they get royalties off government-owned patents. Moderna has never, ever done any human uh, vaccine or any other human consumable product, ever. Okay? They, have never, they have never created anything that has been consumed by humans, ever. They've bypassed animal testing and the experimental testing that they're doing right now in humans, they're preventing people from actually reproducing or having sex because they don't want to see what the offspring of those children could be like. So they've already said they don't want any of the people that are in the testing to, to invo- be involved with sexual intercourse. So now you're starting to look at this. This is a retrovirus type vaccine, RNA vaccine, and no vaccine has ever had an RNA component that's been commercially available. So think of it this way. RNA is the component that goes in and repairs our DNA. What this vaccine is going to do, it's going to be like a domino effect. It puts in this RNA that repairs our DNA. It goes into our DNA and starts creating a domino effect and a cascade. Like you hit the one domino and all of them go cascading down. That's what it's going to do. It's going to start changing our genetic code. By the second generation, by, by like with your kids, it will prevent them from having children. They've already seen anti-human chorionic gonadotropin components in these, vir- in these vaccines that are blocking the ability of a woman to um, have children, all right? Because it's an anti-pregnancy component. 61 out of 63 women that were tested showed that, the, that, that they were not able to, the hemochorionic gonadotropin levels 
had, had changed, had become disrupted. Um, in the males, it's showing reduction in testosterone. Already they've shown this to be two different types of vaccines, one for males, one for females. And another thing they found is that between in India and Africa, they're going to have a different type of vaccine for India and Africa. Now, all these things are very sinister. Why are they changing the vaccine right? If it's going to work, it's going to work. They're talking about black people, Hispanic people needing the vaccine before the regular people. Why? It's again, they, they, it's, it's a way of, it's a way of, creating and eliminating more of the what they consider undesirables, right? You get rid of the, the minorities. You get rid of everybody that you don't want. So they're going to go to India and Africa and get rid of all the... India is one-fourth of the world's populations in India. You wipe that out, you wipe out Africa. Why Africa? Well, they're all black over there. Amazing resources, all the diamond mines, all the mineral resources. Just wipe them out. So this is a planned genocide. It's making Hitler look like a nice guy. And they're following the same agenda that Hitler did 80 years ago. It's the same exact agenda. Yeah, this, this is this crazy. You, the history. You, you want me, I just want to tell you something that what really, what I really love about you, just saying that from man to man is like uh, your passion to say these truths that are going to open the eyes of a lot of people. Because most people are, all they do is watch the news and they they know nothing of this. Like this is not, and, and you're and you're helping. You're putting out this message, and smart people are are getting it, and then they're sharing it. You're sharing your content. People are starting to open their eyes. I see a lot of people now. They're starting to fight back. And well, and they and, just actually had a study that came out. It's really interesting. You said that forty percent, the the lowest polls now in the history of the poll taking for coronavirus. I just saw that uh, yesterday, and I do believe I have that here. And I'll send that to you as a reference. But I think they said that it's down to um, Yahoo News. YouGov coronavirus poll. Numbers of Americans who plan to get vaccinated falls to 42% a new low. How, how high was it before? I don't know. I think yeah. probably it was like 80, 90% people wow. wanted the vaccine. But it's down to 42% now. So, so the only way we could beat this is if we all fight back. Well, that's the only way you can beat anything, right? How else? I mean, if you just yeah. sit back on your laurels and watch TV and eat bonbons, what's going to happen? We're going to get fat, happy. Because what, what happens if they, if they make it, if they mandate everybody to, take, to have the vaccine? They're going to try to mandate it by like preventing people from working, preventing people from traveling, if driving. you haven't had the vaccine. I don't know about driving, but they may try to do that. That's one reason it's so important for us to educate law enforcement. Uh, you know, the sheriffs of the United States have the most power for their own communities. And already you've seen sheriffs standing up and saying that they're not going to you know, enforce these illegal orders from the governor. You got to remember a lot of these, a lot of these new laws, they're just being pa um, passed. They're not being going through the legislative process. They're not legal, right? A lot they're of these, not legal. These, yeah. They're not going through the normal voting and people having a choice. They're just coming in to somebody that's writing an executive order just based on their whim. I mean, California, where you're from, you know, I understand that Newsom, when he made that order to extend the, the face mask ban and the lockdown, three days before that, he'd signed a contract with a company out of China for a billion face masks. Now he signs that order and then three days later he mandates this face mask thing. You don't think there's this conflict of interest? Yeah. Now I got a question for you, all right? And I appreciate your generous words. I mean, there are people that are out there speaking about this. But before you heard me speak about it, you already kind of, you know, you said to me before we started filming, you said when this coronavirus thing hit, you were like, well, I'm I'm just gonna go forward, and if I if I fail my business, I'll I'll fail. I'll go down fighting, fighting yeah. right? What made you stand up and do this? 
I'm, I, I just refuse. To, I'm a driven individual. I refuse to be a sheep. Like I wasn't born to be a sheep. It, it all started when I was six years old. We, I was born, we were born poor and my dad used to be a painter. And he took me to see the a big house in Beverly Hills, and we used to live where the, the the shootings and drug dealing. He took me to this Beverly Hills home at six years old, and I was I wanted to go help him. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And when I saw this, I asked my dad, "Why don't we live here? Why do we live in the ghetto? Why don't we?" And I saw a red Ferrari, which is why now I have Ferraris. I told him, "Why don't you drive this car?" I didn't know it was a red Ferrari, but it looked exotic. And he said, "Because that's not for us." And then that opened my eyes to like, why not? I want to become an entrepreneur. So ever since then, my dad told me, if you want to do that, it's not for us. But if you want that, you have to do two things. Work your ass off and never be a quitter. So when this whole thing happened, uh, and, and this channel is, is, is 90% entrepreneurs that watch this. And I'm passionate about, I was telling you, I'm pretty, I, I've been blessed. Uh, this year has been my biggest year to date. Awesome. I, I, I exploded because coronavirus elevated all the refinances the mortgage business just took off and my social media and uh, online teaching virtual training with also with Lightspeed and Bradley it, everything took off but I was cl this close to not making it mm -hmm. and because I have a mentor that I called um, his name is Bobby Castro Ho hopefully he watches this he I had to call him because I didn't know what to do I, I had that day that I, I was like is this the end and then I spoke to him and then I, the next day I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm going to either uh, quit and, 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 and shut down the business and, and, and be a coward and get the coronavirus and maybe die because of the coronavirus or I'm going to go down fighting. But I'm going to at least make some money and, and, and see if it works out. So I, I, I was the example to, my, to the company and I told him, I sent him home for two weeks. It didn't work out. Nobody was, was being effective at home. Why? They're watching the news. They're around toxic family members. They're just hearing bad things, bad things, bad things. And then they start thinking, no, Albert and Sylvia are evil because they want us to work. And, and we're going to get the coronavirus and we have to have sanit when sanitizers were sold out everywhere and all, all this nonsense going on. So I told, I told Sylvia, so look, we're going to have everybody come back. We're going to work. We'll follow the, we'll put signs six feet and wear masks if you, if you want to, it's fine, wear it, but we're not going to wear it. We're going to lead by example. And hey, wh what's the worst that could happen? Maybe we get a few lawsuits from people that, because they have to go to work. Or if not, we're just going to go out of business because there's not going to be any business and they're going to end up with no jobs. So I just decided I'm going to go out fighting and I'm going to make it work. And everybody stopped working. We didn't. And we just surpassed everybody like on like exponentially and now i'm here and, and and it's just crazy but it's just what like one decision could have probably i wouldn't be here right now and 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 i just don't i i, I will i will never i will never be a quitter you know i, I will never be a sheep and so so th what you just said my, my kids had asked me a long time ago he said dad because you know, I've, when I used to compete in martial arts, and my son and I, you know, we both competed at the world championships back in 2013, 2014 timeframe. And we were talking about how you can't, what the definition of failure is. And so my, both my sons know that the only way you can fail is if you quit. Mm -hmm. And so my youngest son was saying, well, well dad, what if, you, what if you can't get to your target, but you, you know, but you die while you get there? I said, as long as you didn't quit. And he goes, what do you mean you didn't quit? And I was like, as long as you didn't quit. He goes, yeah, but you didn't get to your target, so you failed. I said, no, as long as you didn't quit. 
He said, okay, well, I'm crawling there and I'm bleeding and my bones are broken, but I'm still crawling there and I don't get there and I die. And you're saying that even though I never got there, nobody could say that I failed because I died. I said, but that's fine. You may have died, but you didn't quit. And if you didn't quit, you didn't fail. Yeah. The only way to fail is quitting. That's the only way. So when you ask me, what do we do? Vaccines, this and that, what do we do? It's exactly what you did. For everybody listening, that's exactly what you do. You don't quit. You continue moving forward. Napoleon Hill said it a long time ago that there's no adversity that presents itself without an equal or greater silver lining. Yeah. That's the same thing. So when you're asking me, you know, what do we do? Or what, you know, it's exactly what you did. I, I didn't quit, right? I mean, everybody, the offices were closing down and people were saying, you know, nursing staff and this, everybody. I was like, I'm coming to work. I, my, my, Sal, who you met? The first couple of days, he was freaking out. He's coming in with the mask on. He wouldn't let anybody touch him. He's like saying, no, we got to shut down. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Okay, I put out the first COVID-19 conspiracy question mark. Because these are question marks. I wasn't saying it's a conspiracy. I was asking, is this a COVID-19 conspiracy? I want to know. People have labeled me as conspiracy theorists. Okay, let's, let's talk about conspiracy theory for a second. And then we're going to come back to Sal. So conspiracy theory. Is this conspiratorial? Absolutely. Without a doubt. They're conspiring against the people. Is it a theory? Absolutely not. There's nothing theoretical about it. When you have people that are committing suicide and they get labeled as COVID-19 deaths, that's not theoretical. It's not theoretical that this virus, it knows not to go into uh, churches or into gyms, but yeah. you know, it, it, it's not going to have a problem to go into liquor stores. Liquor stores are safe from coronavirus, but gyms are not. So you have to wear a mask. And, I mean, does that make any sense? This is not theory. This is fact. So when they labeled somebody as a conspiracy theorist, how did that term even come around? That term came around from the CIA. You've heard of Project Mockingbird? Yeah. Okay, so all that stuff. It was all about when people would ask the question about how John F. Kennedy was assassinated. To dissuade people from discussing it, they would shame them by labeling them as a conspiracy theorist. So now we come back to what happened with Sal. I put the video out, COVID-19 conspiracy question mark. The first video goes out, second video goes out. Boom, they're climbing up there. I come, to, I come back into the clinic on Monday. Sal's totally relaxed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's my best friend. I've known him for 30 some years, right? 30. Cool guy, years. by the way. Cool guy. So I go over to, to give him a hug. So the week before I go to give him a hug, just to see, I don't go around giving him hugs. But I just go and he's like, get away, get away. Like that, you know, freaking out. I go to Monday and I grab him. He's totally relaxed. I said, ah, what happened? He goes, I watched the video. I'm good. <laughs> I know yeah. now what's going on. I remember and it's empowering people with knowledge. That's yeah. what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. Without the information, people freak out. Like I have the, one of my, I live in a building. From the 27th floor, one tenant just took a dive and just fell right on in the valet. And, and, I'm, and, 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 and I'm sure, yeah, committed suicide. And I'm sure it has to do with the, with, with the COVID because he was probably really, really stressed out. And, oh, it's and, an amazing amount and, of stress. And, like you said, right? People, people aren't able to socially interact. And when you see the whole, like LA, LA, you, you see it all lonely, no cars, no nothing. When that happened, it looks pretty scary. And you're like, what the hell's going on? And, and, and yeah, it's, it's, and I, I'm pretty sure that they probably labeled him COVID, right? Oh, of course. The guy that jumped out. Absolutely. They're, they're labeling everybody as COVID. All deaths are being labeled as COVID. That's why the numbers look higher than they really are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Categorically, without a doubt. There, I've got documentation, hundreds of emails, messages, text messages, where doctors or nurses have gone home after the shift in the ER, and when they come back, the death certificates have been altered. Yeah. I've gotten a notice, and just like many of the doctors have gotten notices, that if you think that the person had some type of respiratory issue, you can go and collaborate with COVID. That, um, the senator from Michigan, 
right, who questioned this thing. He got a letter about labeling people as COVID-19. The Michigan Medical Board started coming against him. Yeah. They, they just dropped the charges now. But that, he's a senator. Yeah. Not a state senator, a U.S. senator. Yeah. And, and, and to make something clear right here with, uh, like, from my experience, we remember the party I'm sorry, maybe had? he's a congressman. Maybe he's not a senator. But anyway, yeah. he's a... Uh, yeah. so, so, like, the party that you went to, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A, Everybody was, sh- was shutting down everything. I had the same problem that you had at one of your events. They weren't, we get there. And then this, this place tells us, oh, because uh, we had over 200 people. And they said, oh, we're limited to no more than 50 now because of COVID. And sales going crazy. Like, what the hell? We already paid the place. Right. Everybody's stuck down. People paid ticket. They bought a ticket to go there. Right. And it, it's crazy. They're not, and so we just get everybody up. We have it. And there's a couple of people in there that, that have COVID. And, and guess what? One of the persons... Uh, he, he tells me three days later, I felt great. I was in bed for like three days. He drank the feel- alcohol, killed the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> a week later, he's partying uh, again in Vegas, like having more drinks and everything. Like nothing happened. Right. And this guy works out. He's his immune system is pretty good. And then I had another person. Okay, I'm not gonna say who that was, but COVID also. Perfect, perfect after a week, like nothing. And I'm sure, I'm sure that I had COVID. I'm sure my little daughters had COVID. And, and, and we fought it off, but... I think both of my sons had it in, in January. Yeah. They were so sick. My, son, my younger son missed nine days of school, and my older son, uh, let's see, I think he had seven days of yeah. college that he missed. Yeah. And they were really, really sick, you yeah. know, really sick. And they, they were both basically with me at that, that time. Um, and so I think that most of the population has been exposed to it already. If this is as virulent as I said, yeah, I think we've all had it. But it's just, it's like a, they, they, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. They, you know, they, if this was as bad as they said, we would have had 1.5 million deaths yeah. minimum yeah. because that's what TB does every year, 1.5 million. We haven't even had 1.5. We haven't even had half of that. We haven't even had, I think it's 300,000 or 400,000 deaths, whatever it is. Not 1.5 million deaths from TB. Yeah. 1.5 million deaths in TB, 1.8 billion people that have it, one-fourth of the world's population. These are the facts. Yeah. You know, you can deny it, you can talk about the face mask, you can have the, whichever idiot governor comes up and says whatever they're talking about, the outbreaks and the testing. I mean, look at all the lies that have been already been exposed. That the, when the, in Texas, they were talking about the 97% of the tests were coming back positive, it was 9.42, and they were reporting it was 94.2. Remember that? I mean, yeah. that was just like last week. It's, it's just crazy what, the, what the, the lies that are going out there. Yeah, no, well, well, thanks a lot for all the information you're clearing up for people. People are going to feel like a lot safer, a lot better now. I have a couple more things before we sure, end because sure. I, I definitely want to have a part two. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we have a lot to talk to after this and also what we talked about for the event. Yeah. But um, well, announce the event now. Because I, you know, I'm, I usually only lecture at medical events, right? Yeah. And I have, we have our own events that we put on. Yeah. But you were talking about so your event that you yeah, did. Yeah, so, so it's it's driven event four, and um, I really want to have you because it's an entrepreneurship event. But I want to take away that fear from entrepreneurs, and I want to, I, and only you could do that because you're you're you know that you're an expert, you know all of that stuff, and not everybody has my mindset. You know, like this happens, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna research. I'm just not gonna. I don't watch the news. I don't watch the media, but I listen to experts like yourself. So I think it would be a powerful message for you to speak and help all these entrepreneurs know exactly what they could get, like how to battle it, what are their rights, and, and how to thrive in these days. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to do that because to me, any opportunity to be able to talk 
to like-minded people because here's the thing, um, you know, Brad interviewed me, you interviewed me, there's been a lot of people in different industries. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, but David, right. Um, so there's been a lot of different people like that, but there's, you know, some people would say, well, what's, you're in the mortgage industry and uh, Brad's in the uh, training industry and you're a doctor, so you know, there's no commonality. The commonality is how we think. Yeah, yeah. Right? We don't just swallow the pill that we're given and walk off the cliff like everybody's walking off the cliff, yeah. like the lemmings that go off the cliff. So you use the word sheeple. It's interesting that we have to recognize that if we want a better life, we have to rely upon ourselves. As soon as you start relying on an outside source, that's where the problem lies. Right. That's where the, the infection starts yeah. and it starts to eat away at you slowly and you end up becoming a ward of the state. If yeah. this goes down the way that they think it's gonna go down, the way that I think it's gonna go down, and this isn't, it's not just me talking about this, I just saw recently uh, a video with David Icke and I'm supposed to be doing an interview with him hopefully in, in the next couple of weeks. What's really interesting is that I read the same book that he talked about, The Brave New World. Have you read um, Brave New World? I haven't. Okay. This was written in the 1930s. Yeah. Okay. And it talks about basically what's happening right now. The gender identity issue, if you start looking at that. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have kids that didn't know whether they want to be boy or girl. You know, what's, where's that coming from? And these people, I think it's all been based on the vaccines that have been introduced. There's been an identity crisis that's been developing. And if they can get us to a point, they're already taking kids away from parents, they're already trying to take away the rights from parents. If they can start taking kids away from parents and desensitize us that they're taking the kids away in order to protect the kids, right? If you have COVID, you're gonna take the kid away. I mean, this whole thing with the Ventura County when they were rolling out the uh, Bill 666, Right? I mean, Bill 6666. I mean, is there any accident that's Bill 6666? And it's all under about taking away the rights of children or taking away the rights of parents, of, of being a parent, meaning yeah. they, they're going to come into your house and they can remove family members. Well, tell me, what are they removing family members for? Oh, because you have to be quarantined. You're in a freaking house. You are already quarantined. What better quarantine can you have than being in your own house? That's the first thing. And secondly, if they're in the same house, why are you removing them from the house? If they're in that house, then if this thing is so bad as you're saying, then they've all, everybody's got the... the Infection. They've already got COVID. Why are you separating family members? Again, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They're doing it because they want to desensitize us because I believe what's coming down, they're going to sterilize us with the vaccines. They're not going to, in two, three generations, they're going to be growing humans as fodder. Okay? They're going to be growing humans in labs. Cloning technology has been there. And if there's no gender identity or there's creating confusion of gender, there's no male, no female, there's no procreation, there's no family unit anymore, now we now become... I mean, this is Brave New World. It was written about uh, 80 years ago. Yeah. And this is exactly what's happening right now. Yeah. I, I think all, all, all entrepreneurs, the powerful entrepreneurs that have the information, like we, I think entrepreneurs could change the world. Absolutely. That's and, the and only we, way we, it's going to change. It's never been changed by a society, a government, an organization. Yeah. It's always been when people yeah. no longer tolerate it. And entrepreneurs are the ones that stand up. I mean, the revolution that took place and that our nation became the United States of America that wasn't based on people that follow the herd mentality. Those are open-minded, critical thinking individuals. That's what an entrepreneur is. How can I do X and do it better, do it safer, do it more efficiently, and yield more results? That's yeah. what an entrepreneur does. Yeah. And one last thing, Dr. Buttar, uh, I want to get your, your input or advice on what do we do with 5G? What, what's, what are the, the things we need to worry about from 5G? Mm. 
Well, basically, and I know that that it's it's crazy because sometimes we kind of have to tell people like the the right the right top corner of your phone, because when it goes uh, on online, it, it gets banned. So there there has to be something really bad about it. Yeah, I mean, 5G has been used. Well, it's not, it's not whether it's 5G, 4G, 3G. The technology has been order of magnitude higher going into these bandwidths that are very, very potentially dangerous um, before. But now the science, and when I say now, I'm not talking about now as in 2020. I'm talking about as of 1972. We know now that the technology based on Russian research that was considered classified, that was declassified by the CIA in 2012, eight years ago, I actually did a, um, a lecture for the 5G Summit on this. When they declassified it, they, sh they saw, you know, in the TSA security systems, when you go through and you raise your arms up and yeah. that five millimeter wave in 1972, 48 years ago, they knew the health impact and the danger and the cancers and all these different things. So when 5G gets fully rolled out, it's going to be rolled out um, between 30 and 300 gigahertz. To understand what a gigahertz is, one gigahertz is one million hertz. Excuse me, no, sorry, one, one billion hertz. Okay, so we're talking about at 1.8 gigahertz, the studies have shown increase in brain cancer, in adrenal cancers, in cardiac cancers, cancers of the heart, which are relatively rare, in all sorts of neurological problems and health issues. This was at 1.8 gigahertz, all right, or 1.8 million hertz. When they roll out the 5G fully, it's going to be at 30 gigahertz, three, uh, that's 30 billion gigahertz, uh, 30 billion hertz, or all the way up to 300 gigahertz. 300 gigahertz would be 300 billion hertz. It's crazy what's going to happen. Now, the technology is essentially creating a microwave field around us. And if what's going to happen, if it's accurate, the data is accurate, they've already launched the satellites last year and this year that are going to blanket the world in, 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 this, um, in this microwave technology. And I believe the reason they're talking about all these kids that are going to be dying, that they're predicting now is going to be a new epidemic, a new infectious disease coming out, and they're talking about the second wave. And when Bill Gates talks about, well, the next wave's coming, you know, he's got that smirk on his face. It's not anything to do with the virus. I think as the 5Gs start getting turned on, people are going to start getting sick and sick and sick. And then the vaccines, they're going to get more sick. And they're going to blame the side effects of the 5G, of the vaccinations, of the fear, of the wearing the face mask. They're going to say it's the second wave. And they're going to say, now we're going to mandate wearing the, the vaccine. So right now, there's enough people that are contesting it. But now just imagine, you can continue wearing the face mask, continue being scared, Continuing not having work. Now they're going to rely on you know ch microchipping to get your health records, make sure that you've been mandated the, the vaccines. They're doing all this stuff. The 5G gets rolled out. People are starting to get hurt from the vaccines. They're going to say, see, we told you. you now everybody has to get vaccines. It has nothing to do with the damn vaccine or the COVID-19. It's the vaccine that's causing the injury. It's the 5G that's causing the injury. It's the wearing the face mask that's causing the injury. And they're using all those things put together into creating a new disease process they're going to blame on the second wave of COVID, and that's what they're going to use as a pretense to force you to get the vaccine. Well, well, I, I love this ending. 
And uh, I'm going to get all... Let's hope that get, our ending is much different than yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Ha- let's hope that the Mankind's uh, uh, <laughs> ending is not going to be like this. I'm going to get those links and uh, all the valuable information you could give me to pass it on to our people and, and, and help him. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be in touch a lot. And whatever whatever you tell me, I'm going to help out my, my community. I, I have a, a lot of Hispanic community that follows me. So I want to make sure that I take care of them, help him, and help everybody that's watching this. But... Thank you so much. I want to say one thing before yeah, we finish, Albert. Please. Just one thing. And this is that during the Korean War, during the Vietnam War, the Native Americans, the African Americans, and the Hispanics, they served in the military greater proportion than the regular um, Caucasian community yeah. did, right? 11% of Americans served in Vietnam. 36% of black Americans served in Vietnam. So... The minorities, what we call the minorities, the immigrants, the people of color, right? Hispanic, uh, Native American, uh, uh, the black communities, they have always been segregated out for some reason. I mean, why would 36% of blacks serve in Vietnam and only 11% or 12% of the regular um, male community in, in America? So if you are black, if you are Native American, if you're Hispanic, if you're an immigrant, if you're anybody of color, they're going to come after us first, okay? They're going to say that we are, we're worried about you, so we need to give you the vaccine first. Bill and Melinda Gates, already in the interview, Melinda Gates said the, the black community and the Hispanic community need to get the vaccine first. She said this on an interview wow. a couple of weeks ago. They, they laid it out. So if you look at autism, for example, autism has a four-fold higher incidence in black communities because it's getting, they're being all vaccinated. So... If you are of any color, okay, I am proud of the color I am, but apparently not everybody appreciates that, and so they are being labeled. We, we of color, I mean, why would you want to have something without color anyway? That's what I don't understand. Everything, every kids love color, right? My point, again, being, you know, taking away the facetiousness and the sarcasm is that the minority communities are going to get segregated out under pretense of public safety that they need the vaccines first. And the minority people are the ones doing all these hard jobs. What's going to happen if if it's it's like scary? So is the answer, besides fighting back and all that, is the answer voting? Well, I think you could could make this into a political thing uh, and say that voting. But, you know, again, I I think I, I know hundreds of Democrats now that are going to be voting Republican. But they're Republican people that supposedly are anti-Trump, but I haven't seen it. I don't know anybody like yeah. that myself. I think that part of this process is political. It is. There was a meme that I saw. I don't know that you saw this one. It was hilarious. It was actually a guy walks into a doctor's office and he's like asking the doctor, how long is this COVID uh, issue going to last? And the doctor says, why are you asking me? I'm not a politician. So you know, it's recognized this is a political issue. Yeah. And if, you know, whether you're for Trump or you're against Trump, nobody can argue that President Trump has had more crap thrown at him. Russian collusion, Ukraine collusion, impeachment, market crash, COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that this is another political issue to try to prevent him from taking office. But I think that that's, I think there's going to be, if if they try to do that, there's popularity. Is is it possible to stop Bill Gates from all the stuff that's going on? I'm amazed that the man's still alive. I mean, I'm amazed. I'm surprised that somebody hasn't put out, you know, Here's a million dollars. Knock him off. Or here's five million. I'm surprised nobody's done that yet. 
You know, you see this in movies all the time. They want to take somebody out. They put a, you know, on the internet that somebody puts out a reward, and then you got the whole world out after him. I am amazed that the man is still alive. I saw a video of Bill Gates 25 years ago, and he's trying to walk into some building, and he's got all these bodyguards, and they threw a pies in his face, and then they try to shield him from him. Then somebody else threw another pie. He got like pied in the face three or four times. So he hasn't been liked by anybody. I mean, the son of a bitch has got not been able to keep viruses out of his own software, and he wants to keep viruses out of our body. I mean, does that make any sense? Well, tell him to go back to Windows 7 and try to fix that stuff first before he starts trying to fix our body. What medical knowledge does he have? He doesn't even have a college degree. And he's sitting there talking on CNN and all the broadcasts about, you know, we can't go back to work until we have the whole world's population inoculated. Why? Because he is the one who's behind this. His platform is eugenics. His parents believed in that the planet Earth could not sustain the human population the way it is. The eugenics platform is that the planet can only sustain 500 million people. There's 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet. That means that you have to kill 14 out of 15 people to become, to, to become sustainable. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to limit population control. You know, he's already been out there saying vac uh, depopulation through vaccination. He's talked about that openly. Yeah, yeah. Somebody like him that's that wealthy for, for the longest of years, uh, number one for, for a long time until Jeff Bezos came, like what? Why? Why do? You, what's? What, what do you think is the purpose behind all of this? Do you, does he want to feel m more powerful? I mean, some people would say it's satanic. It's this, that. Some people talk about this was prophesized in the holy books. You know, the mark of the beast with this chip ID thing that he's talking about, the tattooing. Um, uh, you know, uh, to me, you just have to go back to look at his parents, right? I mean, look at my parents. My parents didn't smoke. They didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. His parents were eugenicists. They believed that population should be controlled. So he's following in his footsteps of what he was indoctrinated to believe. Um, you know, and there's a there's a six minute video. I'll send it to you if you want. We've got it on our social media platform. Um, you should put that six minute video out. And it's a it's a very, very short, yeah, it's a yeah, quick please, introduction. For please me. send me all the links and what I'll do is I'll, I'll also save everything and put it on my website just in case something happens to the YouTube yeah. version. It'll stay on my website. It's a six minute video that actually has maybe me talking for about 20 seconds and then this video that's banned. And we had a copy of it that shows the history of Bill Gates, where it all started. And it starts, goes back all the way to World War One, World War Two, the German agenda, how, you know, the Nuremberg trials and how his family is tied into the Planned Parenthood aspect, the, the Germans. It, it, you know, when you start looking at it, you're like, holy crap, it's right here in six minutes. You'll know the entire history of the world and how we got to where we are. Yeah. And if we don't pay attention to what's happening right now, and if we think that the government's here to save us, there are, there are factions of the government that are trying to help. Yeah. But it's up to us to do something. Well. To, to close this out in, in, a, in a positive way for everybody to kind of bring a smile in everybody's faces, like what, what, are, what are your two, uh, just two things that you have that are going to be, that could save us, that, that way everybody could start thinking about something that's going to be. Well, um, I actually was quoted and I said this in a, in a uh, recent broadcast and then I had put it out on the social medias and now people have been putting it out and it's been going out. That's called the answer. So I'll tell you what my answer is. So I'll give you the two things, right? Um, the, the first thing is, let, let's talk about before I read this. The first thing is, since you were talking to entrepreneurs and we're talking about that something that's applicable, the two things to me, and this is applicable to anything in life, don't quit. Yeah. You cannot quit because if you quit, you failed. You've accepted defeat. And once you quit one time, you're a quitter for life. Exactly. Everything is. It's very contagious. That's more contagious than the COVID, okay? That's the thing that you have to safeguard because, yes, what's happening is dangerous. There's nobody saying that's not dangerous, but it's not COVID. 
It's not COVID. Being paralyzed by the fear of COVID is not where the danger is. It's by being blinded by what's happening with COVID and not seeing how everything is being taken away from us. That's where the real danger is. So don't quit. Stand up. Anything is if you, if, you know, resist in any way you can. And the second part is when I talked about the fear aspect just mm-hmm. now, the antidote of fear, people think is courage. It's not. Antidote of fear is love. The antidote of cowardness is courage. The antidote of fear is love. So instead of being fearful, we should be basing our decisions on love. And so that brings me to this thing, the answer. So this was something that um, I had said. People started quoting me. And, and so the quote is, I called it the answer. The answer. What is the answer? Love. Love for each other and gratitude. Gratitude for just being here another day. Love and gratitude for those who are different from us, for those who believe differently than us. Appreciation and love for other forms of life. Love for our planet. Love for ourselves as a species. Love for ourselves as individuals. After all, if you can't love yourself, how can you love someone else? We all need to learn to love ourselves better. And the one way you can love yourself better is to never quit. Wow. Thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, Albert. Thank you.